because since this whole study is on the, the book of Acts, this whole message is derived from one verse. And it was kind of funny because last week Pastor Joy was preaching and this verse was there. And that verse kind of stuck out and drew draw my attention. It must have hit Pastor Earl and I at the same time because we were sitting right there and it was like, bam. And this was the verse. And from this verse, the Lord has kind of put together a whole message. And I kind of stole Pastor Earl's idea, by the way. So thank you very much. Acts chapter 4, verse 33 says this. It says, with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. So what is he saying? He said they testified with what? Power. So that one word, again, if you look it up in the Greek, is what? It's dunamis. It's the word that our whole sermon series is named after. And so I just want <coughs> to, sorry, I want to just remind us of what the word deutimus means. If you were to look up the deutimus in a, a Hebrew-Greek lexicon or, or in a concordance, um, this is what the word is translated into our language from Greek to, Amer to English, American, <laughs> English. It's miraculous power, ability, abundance, meaning might, worker of miracles, power, strength, violence, Mighty, wonderful work. That's dunamis. So when dunamis is at work in our lives, it's power that's at work. It's strength that's at work. It's might that's at work. And friends, what I'm going to go ahead and tell you today is our words have dunamis. Our words have power. Our words have strength. Our words have meaning. And our words have might. From the beginning, the Lord spoke, and it was. You go back to Genesis, it said the Lord spoke, and it was. And isn't it interesting to us that even from the beginning, the, the word of the Lord says that he created us in his likeness and his image, and what? Gave us the ability to speak. Are you getting this? So God created us in his likeness, in his image. He spoke, and it was. And we're in his image. What do you think happens? We speak, and it also is, or it becomes. Why? Because there is power and authority in our words. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Friends, if you don't have this memorized, and you struggle with the words that come out of your mouth, memorize this verse. It is life or death, literally, the verse. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. What does that mean, those who love it will eat of its fruit? That means if you understand that there's life that comes out of your mouth, and you're speaking life, you're going to enjoy the fruit of what you speak over people. You're going to enjoy the fruit of what is being spoken. Are you getting this? Now, on the opposite end, when you're speaking death, what do you think you're going to receive the fruit of? The fruit of death. Why? Friends, because our words are powerful. Our words are, friends, our words are so powerful, they determine our destination. Say determine, determine. our destination. Your words are going to determine where you end up. Wow. I'm not coming up with this. This isn't a good idea. It isn't something that I just decided to come up with. No, friends, when we understand the word of the Lord and that the authority of the word of the Lord is actually truth, then we have to we have to believe every word that, that it says, and this is Jesus speaking, and this is what he says. He says, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment. Say day of judgment. 
For every empty, another translation says careless, word, see that's why I underlined it, that they have spoken. And this is what he says in verse 37. For by your words, say my words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, say my words, you will be condemned. This is the power of words. That, that at the very end of our life cycle, when we're standing before him, God's going to say we're going to be judged or acquitted by what we say. So he gives that little, that little correction at 36, every empty, every careless, the, the things that we just shoot out and don't realize that there's power in it, and we're just, just saying what we want to say because we're frustrated or angry or whatever it might be. I'm not condemning anyone in this place, but we got to understand the weight of our words. Say the weight. Weight of our words, what we say. Friends, not only are our words so powerful, they determine our destiny. I'm going to show you guys something uh, awesome in the word of the Lord here. It's pretty cool. Okay? Not only that, but when we speak, we speak destiny over ourselves and over others. When we speak, we speak destiny over ourselves and over, over others. When, when Pastor Dorinthy was up here and she was, she was edifying the body, what was she doing? She was speaking life into the atmosphere. She was calling the body of Christ up to a place where we can worship together. What was she doing? She was speaking life over us. Because our speech has the ability to speak destiny over ourselves and over others. Friends, somebody needs to get a hold of this, so why don't you just turn to your neighbor and just kind of grab their arm and tell them, say, get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. You ready for this? You ready? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share this. It's, it's kind of, I'm going I'm to take some pieces of scripture and kind of knit them together, little pieces of truth that are, that are going to fall together. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus told his disciples he told them, when he sent them out, in Matthew chapter 10, he said, go, preach the kingdom, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, freely you've given, freely received. And then he gives them this instruction. And this instruction is usually overlooked. He tells them, he says, that whenever you enter into a home, bless it and let your peace rest on it. And then he goes on to say, if their house is undeserving of it, receive your peace back to you. What is he saying? He's saying that you go ahead and bless the place you're residing in. And if the place is undeserving of your blessing, you will receive it back. Are you getting this? What is this? We can go ahead and coincide this with friends. Blessing has an effect on people. Blessing has an effect. And guess what else? If, if you can bless something and it's, and it's uh, unworthy and you receive it back, Let's go ahead and go to the other side. If you curse something and it's undeserving of the curse, what do you think is going to happen? Are you getting this? You curse something and that thing's unworthy to be cursed, where's the curse going to go? Back to you. <laughs> See, because in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God was giving a prophetic declaration to Abraham and he told him this. He said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Are you getting this? Meaning, there's dual, there's dual power when, when you are being blessed. Number one, I will bless those who bless you. 
guess what? You're blessed by the person, and God's going to bless that person. That's like, that's like a double fold. I mean, that's, I mean there's, there's no, it's a win-win. We call that a win-win. When you bless someone else, they're blessed by your blessing, and then you get blessed by God. That's what he's saying. Isn't that what God's saying? I will bless those who bless you. But then it goes on to say, and I will curse those who curse you. What is that saying? That's saying when people speak curses over you and you're a son or daughter of God and you're undeserving of the curse, where's the curse going to go back? On them. Friends, we got to understand the power of words this morning. we got to get a hold of this. Two things on others. Friends, it's like on others when we speak a negative prophecy or... Hold on. Yeah. When we speak... When we speak, it's like speaking a negative prophecy over ourselves. When you curse someone and they're, unwor- and they're undeserving of the curse, it's like you speaking that over yourself. So friends, when we speak curses over our spouse, over our children, over our boss, over our co-workers, over our neighborhood, friends, if they're undeserving of the curse, who's going to be cursed? You're going to receive that. And also, friends, I just want to go ahead and say this. Do you know that there are multiple people that are living out right now the negative self-fulfilling prophecy that they've spoke over themselves? I'm going to prove this by Scripture. Some of you, maybe you've never seen this before. I didn't see it before. I read it. I was like, whoa! People are living a negative self-fulfilled prophecy. Why? Because James chapter 3 verse 6 says it very clearly. He says, the tongue is a fire, a world of evil, among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body. It sets the course of one's life on fire. And itself is set on fire, it it, and itself is set on fire by hell. What is he saying? Your words set the course of your life. Isn't that what that says right there? That's exactly what it says. There are people that are living, and this is in a negative connotation. That tells me there are people that are living out self-fulfilled prophecy they've spoken over themselves. Because they don't understand the power of this thing right here. They don't understand the power of the words. You need to read James chapter 3. He goes into this big, huge ordeal on how, how it's like a small rudder. It steers a whole ship. Friends, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble with this thing right here. This thing right here, our words, our tongue, sets the course of our life. Come on, someone needs to grab a hold of this truth because you know what? If you grab a hold of this truth, your life will be changed forever. If you understand the words that you speak are so weighty, friends, your life will be changed forever. Because you won't be saying stupid things over yourself, stupid things over your kids, stupid things over your family, stupid things over your spouse, stupid things over your boss. Because if they don't deserve it, you're going to start reaping the rewards of that, of that negativity. Friends, if you want to change the way you speak, I'm going to go ahead and say this. We need to ask God to change our heart. Because all we're doing is speaking out what's stored up inside there. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up. Say good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil, say evil, evil, stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if you speak cursing, cursing is what's in your heart. 
Friends, if you speak blessing, that's because blessing is in your heart. So if you want to change the way you speak, we need to ask God to change our heart. Because then our heart will be filled with the things of God and we will speak and declare what our heart is full of. If your heart is full of criticism and hypocrisy, what's going to come out of your mouth? If your heart is full of anger and bitterness and resentment, what's going to come out of your mouth? If your heart is full of malice, what's going to come out of your mouth? But come on, if your heart is filled with joy, what's going to come out of your mouth? Come on, if your heart is filled with peace, what's going to come out of your mouth? Come on, if your heart is full of, 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 of love, of joy, of patience, what's going to come out of your mouth? Come on, some of y'all need to get a hold of this thing. Because I'm telling you, you get a hold of what comes out of your mouth. If you can steer what comes out of your mouth, it will steer the course of your life. It's not getting this, you know, waiting for this breakthrough to happen. It's not if I can only get to this level. It's not if I get this job or get this promotion or, or get this thing. All those things, the Bible says that what? When we seek the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, we keep Him first. Friends, everything else follows that. And so there are people that are reaping and living on the blessings of God because that's what they speak to people. You wonder why men and women of God are blessed and, you, and you're like, well, why are they so blessed? And I'm not. Perhaps it's what comes out of your mouth. Maybe even that... If you said that out of your mouth right there, that's the reason why. Because out of your mouth, to me, that sounds like jealousy. God can't bless jealous. <laughs> he can't. What if we were to change the way we speak? Friends, I believe it would literally change the way we live. I believe it. It would literally change the way we live. What if we changed our, our, the way we turn, turn things, the way we, the way we say things? What if we were to change the I can't to I can? Why? Because the scripture says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. I, I, you know how many times I've, I've quoted this to my eight-year-old son? He's like, I can't. No, you can through Christ, you can. What am I doing at the age of eight trying to just re redirect his thinking? Because I'm telling you that it's, it's going to be upon us all the time. Redirecting and shifting. What if we change the I don't to I'll do because he empowers me? You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will what? Be my witness. You can do anything because he empowers you. And friends, what if, because the majority of it is just rebellion in the first place or just selfishness, what if we change the I won't to I will? The song that we sing, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, and we do the little fist bumps. That'll be our life statement. Instead of saying, I'm not going to do this, we say, I will. That's all God's looking for. He's looking for some people to say yes. It'll change the course of your life forever. So the question that I ask myself, and it's the question that you can ask yourself as well, is so what is stopping you? What stops me? What's the thing that, that always gets in the way when I have something set on my heart to do and I always get stopped? What is that thing? Come on, you preaching my message back there, Mike. 
The only one that can stop us is us. The devil can't stop us because he's been defeated by the cross of Christ and we're empowered by him. Now we have the the ability to listen to his lies and then we make the choice. But friends, the only one that can stop you is you. The only one, and then on the flip side, the only one that can motivate you is you. The only one that can put the work in is you. Only we can do is inspire. I look at my life like being a coach. A coach can't play the game. A coach sits on the sidelines and encourages the players to play the game. That's what a passer does. The passer can't play the game for you, but can sit on the sidelines and pull the best out of you. But only you can have the motivation to do it. Because if the coach is like, do this, do that, and the person's unwilling, then they're not going to get better. (laughs) Only you can motivate yourself. Only you can put the work in. Friends, all we can do is inspire, but, but you put the work in. You put the work in. It kind of reminds me of the song by Annie Minio. And there's just one little line I'm going to say. He says, I, I can, I, I've got two choices. I can make moves or I can make excuses. Wow. I've got two choices. I can make moves or I can make excuses. And if you've been making excuses, friends, let me tell you, don't beat yourself up. Because even one of the mightiest men of God... In scripture, made excuses. His name was Moses. The Lord called him, and what did he say? I can't talk. Do you have the right one? I can't do it. And what did the Lord say? Yes, you can. Moses wrestled with God. And kind of rebuked him. And then went ahead and said, okay, I'm going to even send someone to help you, your brother. And he's already on his way. So even if we're in the point of making excuses, friends, we still can move forward. God still wants to use us. we got to grab a hold of the strength which he's imbued in us. Or perhaps you need to get around somebody that's doing what you want to do. So friends, we've discussed how our words have power to create reality. If we were to do a self-inventory today and ask ourselves... Do we spend the majority of our words in a negative context? Ask yourself that. Just do a self-inventory right now, right here. Do I spend the majority of the words that come out of my mouth are anger, being upset, gossip, criticism, disrespect, nitpick, slander. There's so much more, but I just threw a few on there just for examples. Nitpicking, criticizing, disrespecting, slandering. Friends, if you... you Spend the majority of your words in this negative context. What do you think? What do you possibly think (laughs) is going to fill your life? (laughs) The joy of the Lord. (laughs) Friends, the joy of the Lord can't be your strength if all you're doing, if if the strength of your mouth is disrespect, slander, gossip, criticism, nitpick. You guys are awful quiet today. I'm excited. Because this is good stuff. (laughs) You got to eat. That's right. Friends, perhaps we need to take a word diet. And just like junk food, friends, we need to stay away from words that we speak in a negative connotation. Anyone here ever try to do a diet? Raise your hand if you've ever tried a diet. For those of you that have never tried a diet, you don't know what you're missing out on. (laughs) Put yourself in a position where you tell yourself something that you don't want to do and that you love to do. (laughs) It's just great. 
<laughs> but why do people diet? Because they do a self-inventory, they look at themselves, and they don't like how they look. Right? Isn't that why people diet? It absolutely is. Okay, or, or perhaps, you know, there's a health thing that they need to get healthy. Friends, I'm going to go ahead and just throw this out here. I believe that we need, to, we need to have a word diet. And just like when you're on a diet, what is a diet? A diet is saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat these foods, and I'm going to stay away from these foods. Friends, I believe the body of Christ needs to take a word diet. That we're going to say, I'm going to stay away from these words, and I'm going to start speaking these words. Are you getting this? Come on, somebody. We need a word diet. I'm going to put this challenge out here for all of us, including myself, that we would improve our vocabulary. I'm not saying that you try to say bigger words or sound more educated, but if you want to do that, that's totally up to you. What I'm saying is, what if we start filling our mouths with words that edify and build up? What if we were to start filling our mouths with words that bless and encourage? Just what if? What if we were to fill our mouth with words that strengthen and empower? What if the words that came out of my mouth were words that praise and lift up? What does a life look like that does those things? Come on. Pastor Earl said, that's mine. That looks like my life. Friends, what happens when we decide to start compliment instead of critique? I'm going to tell you this. I'm telling you this. When you do that, we will live a life that is countercultural. Because we live in a culture that is always critiquing. It's always looking to nitpick. And if we, live in, if we decide to say, I'm going to live a biblical life, that means we're going to live a life that complements and that adds value to people instead of that, that uh, critiques and criticizes and beats people down. Some of y'all need to get a hold of this today. Come on, go ahead and pinch your neighbor and say, are, are, are you awake? Go ahead and pinch him. Am I dreaming? Are you, am I in a dream? <laughs> I got one last nugget. You guys ready for this last one? One last nugget. This is going to blow your mind. Say, Phew. this blew my mind. I got this. I was like, wow. The cool thing about being a servant, it's kind of like being a cook. You get to taste the food before you serve it. Any cooks in here? Stick your finger in the food? Get a few bites before you cook? The whole hand. Just the whole hand. That's the cool thing about being a servant is you get to taste the food before you serve it. And I got this. I was like, oh, my God. This is amazing. Isn't it interesting? Pay attention. Are you paying attention? We've been talking about power dutimus and wrapping it a lot, wrapping it around the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does. Isn't it interesting that God's initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit has to do with our tongue? Isn't that interesting? Come on. Why? Because we're giving the Spirit of God power over our tongue. That's what you do when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're giving the Holy Spirit deutimus over your mouth. Why would God, I mean, because it doesn't make any sense. God could have filled them with the Holy Spirit and, and the evidence could have been something so different. He could have made them levitate, levitate off the ground. I mean, he could, I, mean, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, he could have, 
I don't know, did something weird. Something, and then it would have, you know, and I mean, speaking in tongues is pretty weird, okay? But I believe, I, I think it's so interesting that when the Spirit of God came on man, friends, that, that because our mouth is a world of fire, man, it'll corrupt our whole life, that he would give us something that would want to empower the words that we speak. <laughs> and that ain't even the end. Why? Because this is what happens in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, it said that they were filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, and they began to praise God in their own language. All these people were hearing all these different languages, and they're like, we hear God, we hear these people speaking and declaring the greatness and goodness of our God in our own tongue, in our own language. Pretty powerful. This is where it really gets good. Are you ready for this? Another interesting fact. If you got your Bibles, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 10 is going to be all on the screen. Interesting fact, five out of nine of the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 have to do with our words or our mouth. <laughs> Over the majority, five out of nine, they deal with what comes out of our mouth. Let's read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verse 4 through verse 10. I'll go ahead and read it on the screen since it's there. Verse 4 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them, and in everyone, it's all the same God at work. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This is where it starts getting good. Verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit, I went ahead and underlined them so that you can see all five of them, message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. By the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by, the, by one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, interpretation of the tongues. Go ahead and count all those underlines. One, two, three, four, five. There are five out of the nine gifts of the Spirit that, are, uh, uh, that Paul tells the Corinthians, and they're all word-based. Message of wisdom, message of knowledge, prophecy, speaking in different types of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Isn't it interesting that the manifestation of the Spirit of God on a person's life has to do with the words that come out of their mouth? Why? Because God wants to empower our words. Friends, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Friends, God wants us to speak on a whole different caliber. God wants each and every one of us to speak on a level that's above what we normally talk. And he even gives us the spirit of the Lord to empower our words so that we can have wisdom and knowledge and prophecy and speak in different types of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Why? So that the, so that the words that come out of our mouth are edifying, are building up, are encouraging, are strengthening, are, are lifting up, are praising. Why? So that we can live a life that's different and that's higher than we normally live. Because friends, are, if we truly believe the word of God is living and active, if we believe that it's true, then in James chapter 3, verse, verse 6, the words that we speak are going to dictate the course of our life, and the Lord wants us to live a life that's pleasing to him. Jesus said, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, but it's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. Then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this. If what comes out of your mouth defiles you, then what also comes out of your mouth will make you holy. Wow. <laughs> what if? Say if. Yeah. What if you spoke 
words that were edifying and a blessing, what do you think would happen? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this. Friends, nothing can stop you. If you lived a life that the words you spoke were blessing and edifying and encouraging, and you took thoughts captive and you kept yourself from speaking curses and negative things, friends, you would live a life that's unstoppable. You truly would. You'd live a life that can't no one stop you. Why? Who's your, who's your, who's your biggest enemy? We. We're, all, we're our biggest enemy. I'm going to end this with, with this, with this uh, quote. This is by John Maxwell. Friends, when I, when, I, when I heard him say this, I heard him say it. I didn't read it. It's one of the most powerful things. And I'm like, I want to live a life like this. And this is what he says. He says, you know what? I wake up every single day and I ask the Lord, how can I add value to people? He wakes up every day asking, how can I add value to people? Isn't that what Christ has called us to do? That's, that's the gospel in a nutshell. Adding value and purpose. What is H2O? Hope to others. Adding value to people. Friends, that is what we're called to do. Friends, that is what we're commissioned to do. And friends, that's what we're empowered to do. If you could stand your feet with me today. Friends, the Lord wants to change the way we speak. And how that's going to happen is He has to change our heart. So we're going to ask the Lord today. We're going to ask him to change our hearts. He's in the heart-changing business. God is in the reconstruction business. He's actually in the repurposing business. Does anybody here, have you ever heard of the word repurposed? Does anybody know what that entails? When something is repurposed, what it is is somebody will find this old antique Perhaps it's a, maybe it's a old desk, or maybe maybe it's a it's an old chair, or or you know something old. And what they do is they take the pieces apart and they use them for something else, because the purpose of that item is no longer valuable, but the material still is. And so they take that. If you've ever watched uh, shows uh, like Flip or Flop or, or any of those other ones, these people, they find like these old wooden houses and they take the things off their walls and they'll make beautiful tables out of them or, you know, make a desk or something. Friends, because the material is still good. Friends, God wants to repurpose our words. He wants to repurpose our lives. He wants to repurpose our hearts so that... It's no longer used for that purpose. But it's used for this purpose. And so ask the Lord. Let's go ahead and ask Him together. Say, God, would you repurpose my heart? (laughs) Come on. He wants to take the material of your heart and turn it into something beautiful. It might have looked old and rugged and nasty to one eye, but a purpose who has a 
but a person that has a repurposer's eyes can say, I can take that and make that look good. Friends, that's what the Lord wants to do with our lives. He wants to take your life and turn it around and make it beautiful. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you with humble hearts. God, I come before you, oh God, in humility saying thank you for the gift, God, that you've given us, your word. God, that we can live our lives that please you. And Father, I believe that there are men and women all across this room, Lord, that want to speak words that edify and encourage and lift up. But Lord, for, for many of us in here, we, we've only lived life in a negative context. It's all we've seen. It's all we've heard. It's all we've been uh, exposed to. But Lord, I thank you that, Lord, just like something that's been exposed to the weather and the rain and it's been beat up and it looks like a piece of, uh, 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 of rotten wood, God, I thank you, God, our lives, though we've been busted, though we've been uh, abused, God, I thank you that you want to repurpose us. God, you want to fashion us. Lord, you want to create in us a new spirit. God, that we can, Lord, reflect who you are. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you that today is a new day. Why? Not because the pastor says so, but because the word of the Lord says so. And if I've lived my life in a negative context, I thank you that today I'm going to turn the destination of how I live, of how I speak, of how I act, of how I'm motivated. Lord Jesus, God, to reflect you. God, I'm going to speak words that build, that encourage, that edify, that uplift. And Lord, I thank you for giving me a bit in my mouth. God, that I would shut my mouth. God, just like the word says where the prophet said that, you, that the, his tongue was stuck to the root of, of his mouth. Lord, we're going to speak things that are negative, that are nitpicky, that are slanderous. God, that's gossip. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would just well up inside of us, God, and, and give us the self-control of God not speaking things. Oh, God, that's going to curse someone or even curse ourselves. Father, we need this. God, I believe, Lord Jesus, but God, by this truth, God, we'll live a life that's, that's incredibly different than we've ever lived before. So, Lord, we say, have your way in me. God, I'm choosing. I'm making a declaration today. If you, want to if you want to with me, you can. Josh Hester's making a declaration. God, I want, to, I want to speak words that build people up. God, I want to speak words that add value to people. God, forgive me, God, when I've spoken ill or bad against my children. God, forgive me, God, when I've disrespected my wife or disrespected others. God, got so frustrated at the people at McDonald's or the person driving too slow in front of me. God, I need self-control. God, I want to live a life that pleases you in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, if you believe that, I'm going to ask you to do something right here, right now, before you leave. We're going to start this off right. You're going to leave this house, and I want you, at least one person, and it can be your spouse. It doesn't have to be somebody you don't know. Actually, make it, it'll be a lot easier if it's somebody that you know. Every person in here, I want you to speak one compliment or one word of encouragement over the person that's close to you right now. Before we leave, go ahead and do that right now. Come on, we're going to practice this right here, right now. Look to your neighbor that you came into church with. I want you to compliment them and don't say, oh, your hair looks good. Oh, you got a nice outfit. I want you to just go ahead and speak life over them right now. Go ahead, compliment them right here. Come on. This might, this might feel a little weird, but it's good. Compliment someone. En encourage them. Empower them. Somebody in here needs to tell someone they're, they're doing a good job. 
Someone needs to tell someone in here that they're proud of them. Someone needs to tell someone in here something that's going to empower them. Friends, God bless you. Have a great day. Love you guys. In the cave.